This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. And let's do a check with Justin. How's the? Uh, can you hear me? Go ready. I can hear you fine. Can okay, you great. Count, can you just count to five? One, two, three, four, five. Perfect. Okay, here we go. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Time for our segment, Politics This Week, segment two. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. And Justin, I wanted to start off with uh, there he is, Congressman Seth Magaziner, and they're so blatant how they put this out there. But um, once again, I think, well, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm fundamentally against this. It's a private business, but this pandering for votes where then they walk the picket line. Yeah, I mean, it, at the very least, it's unseemly. Uh, I mean, the he's a sitting U.S. congressman, which means he's supposed to represent the people of his state. And when you're actually engaging in a picket line, in a, in a dispute between a private company and the labor union, uh, and as far as I've seen, there's no you know, major controversy. It's not like we're talking about child labor or something uh, to that effect. It's just a routine negotiations pick and he's on the picket line picking sides between constituents. It just seems like uh, in a better day, politicians would have, you know, maybe made a, given a general statement about support for workers, but to, to hold a picket sign and walk in it and post the media with a big grin on your face, it just, it just sends terrible messages and one of those messages is that rhode island politicians are just completely bought by the labor unions you know when you look at the photos you and i can pick out i mean that's it's almost like that's who he really answers to and there's a lot of the familiar faces there um but this whole business even the sign just practicing for a just contract um it, it, if you're the people of UPS, this is a sitting U.S. congressman, Justin, that they have in their pocket. Exactly. And, and I mean, if it comes to legislation, if it comes to labor law, how could anybody expect to get kind of a fair hearing in the legislature, at least from this particular representative? It's it's uh, I mean, I'm sure in, in the boardrooms and the back rooms, everybody kind of understands the game a bit. UPS executives probably make their own campaign dump contributions and uh, wouldn't be shy about asking Magaziner for things. But it, it does, I don't know, the, the message that goes out, you know, to basically to any private business thinking of locate where, where to locate, it's just another reason not to join uh, the economy in Rhode Island, because you never know. And we've seen this with state level uh state-level politicians. In fact, it looked like there were some representatives at the same event. Uh, you, you're just not going to get a fair a fair hearing, and your U.S. congressman will be hamming it up outside your business in a picket line. Uh, it's, it's not a place you want to be if you have any choices whatsoever, and, and increasingly people do have choices. Yeah, and it's also a national company, which means I'm sure there's states where they operate where they don't have any problem, and yet then here's the Rhode Island element to it. And then, Justin, on top of that, I, I think it's just a reminder you know, he's going to be up for re-election next year. Uh, they're reminding him of what's expected if he wants their support. And I think it's a way for him to telegraph to them that he is willing to do this type of thing in order to get their support. Oh, yeah. He's leaving no ambiguity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep you happy. Folks, again, you're listening to our segment. It's Politics This Week with Justin Katz. It, uh, Justin, the executive's... The two Rhode Island public officials who went to Philadelphia, they had their time at the Ethics Commission. Now, they didn't actually go, which I don't understand, because in a court of law, you have to show up, especially, you know, for the initial appearance. But um, instead, they send their attorneys. I, th I think it's interesting. Uh, Mayor, excuse me, Governor McKee and, you know, his reaction to the thing in I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet, but I, I believe the complaint should be amended, that he should also be included in this whole thing. 
Well, I think he should be. I think the Rhode Island GOP is is um, filing some related ethics complaints to the lunch he had with Jeff Britt. But yeah, I, I agree. It it seems like a strange thing. You know, I I guess people don't take the ethics commission all that seriously. I I think if I I would I mean I've been there for for various complaints I've filed and things like that and have been filed against me actually, but. You know, you go. That's, I mean, it's just you show up, you're, you take ethics seriously. Uh, and so it's kind of surprising, although I, I do have some sympathy for them not, not appearing uh, in, in as much as, you know, the, the media was lying in wait and wanted to, to catch them and get them on microphone. And that's an embarrassing thing as a whole new uh, element to it. So uh, it, it's an interesting situation. I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm kind of soured a long time ago on the, on the Ethics Commission and, and question its usefulness, but it's, it's definitely uh, somewhere they should be. I mean, they were, they were behaving poorly and in a, in a way that seemed like they were trying to sell their offices for favors and, and picking up some, some extra little items from a, a business prospect for the state. Uh, so it definitely deserves ethical review. What do you make of the fact that Governor McKee basically, in the past, he may have, you know, retreated into hiding with this whole charade, but he now, if anything, is seemingly just taken on like a defiant, I don't care, I'm still going out there. He almost treats the media like the whole thing is just like a bunch of nonsense, and it's it's nothing that's a, really a concern to him. Yeah, his his whole attitude is kind of strange. I mean, it's like he, he, I don't know if he's decided he's just not very good at managing the media. And so he's just going to take this adversarial approach. Um, but I, you know, it feels like it, it, it comes back to a lot of the, the electoral conversations we've had where you, you start to get the feeling that our politicians in Rhode Island don't feel like they have to persuade anybody. They don't have to explain themselves. They, right. that's, that's not how elections work anymore. You don't need the media to like you. You don't need, all you need to do is sell enough votes and get on that, that ballot harvesting list and, and you're good. And that's the focus. And that's how, I mean, you really start to get a, get a view of how, uh, how governments, how democracies deteriorate when you see this kind of thing, this kind of attitude where they, they, the people who are in charge no longer feel like they have to be accountable to the general public. And that, that's kind of at odds with the way a representative democracy is supposed to work. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Segment two. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz. Justin, the Senator Miller case, uh, to me, kind of just took two different tracks this week. Neither one are good for him. One is it's definitely getting national exposure. Uh, Dan Abrams featured it on News Nation, Ted Nisi. They were owned by the same company, was then on to discuss it. Uh, Fox News Channel picked up on it. But then uh, Cranston police did not rule out that, in fact, that there could be additional charges coming on him. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think what really, when you step back and really look into this, this um, there is an element of obstruction of justice. He was certainly lying to the police. He's the one that that spoke up our legal analyst attorney tim dodd was saying you know he could have chosen not to say anything and just you know got an attorney and so forth but he was throwing around i'm a state senator and and 
basically just elaborated this complete lie about what happened. Right. Yeah. You would, you would think, I mean, the average person, if you're telling complete falsehoods to the police, it, it certainly doesn't look very good for you. Uh, and, and then the follow-up body cam we saw at his house where, I mean, the police were polite as they should be, but you do wonder if, if you had just lied to the police, they let you go based on the idea that you were engaged in some, your, your bad behavior was part of some conflict with a person uh, where there's at least two sides of the story. And then it turns out the video, that's not true. I, you know, I don't know if the police show up at your house and talk about, Oh, well, how do you want to handle this? Or, you know, I, I it just seems like he's, even from the beginning, he's gotten some special treatment here and probably didn't expect it to get the attention it has. Although uh, in, in an article, I think by Nisi, it's, he does mention that the, the local Democrats have been quiet about the matter, which, you know, all right, well, go ask them about it. I mean, that's part of the issue. So I think it, it's a kind of it, it's kind of an interesting story. And so you could see it getting national play. But it's it's definitely uh, would it would serve to, uh, you know, every few years we hear one of these instances where usually a legislator gets jammed up on a DUI or some other thing. And there's always that, I uh, do you know who I am kind of talk and, and it all just goes away nicely. But if, if police start charging obstruction, uh, where, you know, they, if they've let him go on a basis of a story that turns out to be a complete fabrication and, and kind of send a signal that that's not, that's not appropriate, even if you are a do-you-know-who-I-am kind of person, uh, then maybe we'll start to get a little bit less of that that kind of behavior. Yeah, I think in the Dan Abrams piece was was good. Obviously, he's an attorney. Uh, but Justin, by all accounts, just so people are clear, the, the, the young man, or there was two of them, but they were not even at their vehicle when, when Miller arrived in, in Garden City. So the whole notion of they were threatening him and blocking his path, as he first said, and calling his name. Um, none, none of that happened. He basically pulled up and he saw the Biden sucks, you know, bumper sticker and it just set him off. And, and that was the motivation, whatever, you know, scheme or whatever story he tried to concoct by saying that it was almost like a confrontation and the guy was daring him to do it, which doesn't make sense. But in the end, I, I still just wonder about other people um, out there that, that to me, he, he is unhinged. You and I have kind of known that for a while. You've seen his behavior at the state house with some of the language. Um, this is someone who it, it was it was Thursday. They were out of session. It wasn't like he was coming from a contentious hearing at the state house and then maybe recognized one of the people from the the hearing. This was. You know, it's summertime. People are at Garden City. The, the kid and his friend that was driving the mother's SUV go to Ben and Jerry's at Garden City. Pretty all-American wholesome to get some ice cream. And and this guy just unhinged, keys his car. And and I also think it was interesting that uh, that they were, you know, the police called and the parents came down. And I'm sure he was monitoring all this from wherever he was kind of like hiding in, in Garden City because they they asked him, like, so you walked all over the place. Like, why wouldn't you take your vehicle from one part of Garden City to the next? Because it's, it's pretty spread out. And But he, I think that's another element of the time lapse of he was basically hiding out, waiting to see like the coast was clear. And when you think about it, Justin, he had that amount of time to think of a story, get someone to come and get him and and leave or, I don't know, call an attorney. But I just think it makes it even worse for him that he was basically like at bay in Garden City for two hours before he then finally went to retrieve his car. Yeah, and, and it's, it's akin to what I said last time was I, it's like, it's like he's not even an adult. I mean, that's that's teenage right. behavior. I, I, I did something wrong and now I'm going to wander around the mall for three hours, two hours. Yeah. Uh, until and hopefully it'll blow over and I won't have to call my parents and get in trouble. And uh, it makes me wonder, I, you know, I don't even know if it was like, I mean, you, you said it, it, maybe it set him off. I, I don't even know. I, I, my impression of Josh Miller is that it'd be more like he, I could see him just chuckling to himself like, Oh yeah, you're going to get that kind of bumper sticker. Watch me scrape sure. your car here. And you know, that's yeah. just a kind of careless attitude, which I think is, is, is even worse. You know, just this idea that, 
you're you're not answerable. You you never grew up. You're a, you're a Democrat state legislator, so you can do whatever you want. And I think for that reason, I mean, we ought to be hearing more commentary about it, more criticism from people within his party. I mean, I, right. as, as I asked on earlier in, on social media, is you know how far could he go? I mean, could he assault somebody and still would be like, eh, whatever, that person deserved it? Is that kind of the attitude here? And you have to kind of wonder, you know, if, if I mean, tying back to Congressman Magnazine or picking sides between UPS and their labor union, you have to wonder: Do you matter to the to the legislators in Rhode Island? If you're if you're one of those people who might whose parents might have a bumper sticker that they don't like because it's against their the head of their party, I, it's it, it starts to have that feeling, and it, it starts to feel a lot more serious than just a, a matter of mild, uh, relatively mild vandalism. It, it it does, and um, and then just to you know, put a period on it. If in fact he really did feel threatened of which there's no evidence, he had ample time when he was in Garden City, he could have called Cranston police and said, Hey, there's somebody harassing me and they're over at my car and there was a confrontation, whatever, but that certainly wasn't done. Folks. I- Get the most of your outdoor space with limitless outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401 401- Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-580. 1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Now, Justin, I think Kevin McKee uh, did not veto and is allowed to become law, this legislation with the, these firefighters, that because of him not doing that uh, and vetoing it, it becomes law. It affects their disability. It affects their tax-free disability. I think it's um, what's interesting is how he's handling it by tossing out, and to me, almost kind of like throwing Ernie Almonte, who's in the head of the Rhode Island cities and towns, um, kind of throwing him under the bus. He had been the chief of staff. He had, I, I don't know about chief of staff, he was working for Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, and he left to take this job. And Governor McKee went out of his way to say, well, you know, they should have made more noise, and all they did was send a letter. Um, that, so that's like directly... Uh, criticizing the tactic that he took. But this is going to be wildly costly for cities and towns. And, and I know at least like Mayor Lombardi of North Providence is on record saying that they, they were 100% against this. Yeah, absolutely. And Almonte actually came out and said he did much more than write a letter. But the, that's, it's almost beside the point. Is that you, McKee, this was supposed to be his his crew, right? He was supposed to be right. small businesses and municipalities. They shouldn't have to lobby him. This ought to be just something he does, but he's, he's yeah. not the person he was, or, and I would say he's not the person he said he was. And so he, he let something like this go through and the callousness of saying something like that, ah, they, they should have made more noise. Well, either it's good policy or it's bad policy. And you were a, a mayor, you ought to know it's bad policy, but he doesn't care. It's just any, he's just a, like, uh, he'll say whatever he thinks can win him the momentary argument. And it's kind of an immature way to be. And, and some of his commentary is, is, is ludicrous. He's, when he asked if, if he thought it would be extremely expensive for municipalities as well, not if it's monitored well. What are you talking about? This is There's now a presumption that some of the most common ailments, including high blood pressure, are a, jo- are a consequence of, of the job of firefighting. And so you get an enhanced disability pension. This is 
pure and simple a giveaway. There's not really a way to monitor that. You can see the budget's going out of control, but then what are they going to do? I don't know. They'll, they'll make new ways for the towns to raise taxes or they'll raise state taxes to get more of the towns or, or something. They'll, they'll find some other way to, to keep this going. But this, there's no going back from something like this once it's in state law. And he knows this. And instead of giving kind of a mature uh, response that he that shows he understands one how government works and two this particular policy he just says and eh, whatever because you know as we've been saying he it, it's like they don't he and others and politicians in Rhode Island don't think they have to answer to anybody they they're just oh you caught me on a way into my event or wherever it happens to be and I have to say something so here's what I'm going to have to say like a, a kid just making excuses to the teacher to get the hair to go away it's 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 so disappointing to see where our politics have gone to, and, and that we were at a pretty low par for, for even decades ago. But now we're we're getting to a point where you know it's just it's just a, a, I don't know people who shouldn't be in office doing things they shouldn't be doing to benefit people who don't deserve what they get. I'll tell you, Justin. And after the situation with Philadelphia, you wonder if his fundraiser guy Jerry Shahajian, if they were upset that maybe they weren't throwing him a fundraiser the mayors of the cities and towns of the league and cities and towns. I mean, Good point. If, if that seemingly, you know, what if they had had a fundraising lunch form at Capitol grill, would that have got his attention? But I think it's what Dan McGowan refers to as the full McKee, where he passes the buck, he blames other people. Um, and you're right. These are supposed to be the people that, that he supports, but you're right. It should just make sense. But then he blames them. Well, they didn't, make enough noise and make up enough of you know an argument about it um but he he doesn't you know do anything at face value finally i just want your thought on that i i mean there's certain people they want attention and i do like when people call them out and one is that representative Enrique sanchez who they mislead their constituents um he purposely put out false information about brett smiley uh, the mayor of providence obviously there's going to be more charter schools in providence and Unfortunately, that seems to be the path of how education is going to improve in the city of Providence is just by more charter schools. It's like they're giving up on the Providence teachers. But um, what about the fact that he puts out, oh, you know, anywhere else, this would be a conflict of interest. But in Providence, the mayor of Providence is part of the charter schools. I do like the fact that other members of the media that maybe, in, you know, normally might be silent, point out the fact that he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> And, and that's exactly how the law is written, right or wrong, but that's how it's written. Right. Well, the, the mayor, it has, it's a mayoral academy. You know, uh, the mayor is, is a big part of the academy. That's how it works. And, you know, what, what's interesting about this issue to me is and Sanchez is a you know, young progressive. He may not even know the history of charter schools or, or right. mayoral academies and what it's set up to do. And uh, But... What's what's interesting is progressives are they're confused I think by charter schools they don't know how to how to address them because they're they're basically a way to help people lower income people typically uh, find better options for education which you'd think progressives would be all about that especially if it's within government but they're they're so tied up with labor unions that they can't be it's it's got to be the teachers union overall no matter what's happening in education and so they they get confused and they they start talking about corruption about it but really charter schools are public schools that's that's so it's, there's nothing if if you're okay with the mayor being part of the the public education system there's no reason he couldn't be part of uh, part of a charter school and it it's just goes to show that progressives really their solution they, they become basically reactionary protectors of the status quo and, and special interests because if if the government system that they advocate for isn't working you should be able to adjust it. If you're a, quote, progressive, you should be ready to, to make some changes and say, okay, we'll set up this new kind of school. We'll test it out. It'll still be a public school. You'd be open-minded about that because your goal is supposedly to help people and and really to use government to do it. Uh, that's a, the main point. But they, they can't even do it. They've, they've got it. They're just whatever we have in government, using lots of government power, has to stay. And so I think charter schools in general just confuse them. They don't know how to how to address them because it, it makes things complicated, especially in a state where, uh, you know, a decade and a half ago, you had our, our friends in the labor union, George Nee and, and Pat Crowley, pushing this idea of one big union, where basically their, their concept is that progressivism and unionism are the same thing. And so that, and 
that's where that's where labor and progressives are in Rhode Island. And I think young Sanchez just needs to need to do some some edu- self education and thinking about how all this shakes out and who helps whom, and maybe then he'll he'll make better better decisions. What he what he complains about. And just on one final note, we didn't get a chance to talk about Providence teachers. They've agreed to a longer school day, but they're going to get raises. And to me, uh, part of this, I mean, certainly the, the results don't show in any way that they should get a raise. But to me, this crystallizes what we've known, what we've talked about for quite some time, is it all comes down to money. Despite all the police, it's, it's not about a different approach. It's, it's not about different theory of how to approach this. It's not about broken chairs. Uh, it goes back to Randy Weingarten during the pandemic where they would, there was a lot of money floating around and they wanted it. But the Providence teachers, they agreed to a longer school day because they're going to get more money. It has nothing to do with, let, let's look at it. It really has nothing to do with education, philosophy, what they feel needs to be more um, involvement with you know parents or anything like that. At bottom line, it's all, it's, you know, and it's you and I have talked about, it. it's, it's just, it's all about the money. That's, it's only been about the money. Other people fall for this business of, it's about the, you know, condition of the school and the broken chair and the ceiling tiles. But at the end of the day with them, it, it doesn't matter if the schools are still failing as long as they're going to get more money by going there for an extra half hour. Yeah, exactly. I, and, and I think it, it ties very much into the conversation we were just having. I mean, the, the, this workforce is not succeeding by any measure. Right. If, you're, if your idea is we're going to use government through schools to educate children, then going to the workforce and saying, well, you guys are failing. So how about we give you more money to keep failing? It's just, it, it wouldn't make any sense. The, the, even the progressives would be saying, no, you've got to do more. You've got to do better. You're representing us. You're representing government. You're representing our schools and you're failing. But what I what, what strikes me too is, uh, the, and this is for, for decades been a complaint of mine, is the, the, the kind of the sneakiness of the whole thing and the failure of the news media to even to to correctly report on things. So you hear they oh they got a they're getting a ten percent increase for an extra half hour, which is crazy. But on top of that, they're getting two and a half percent raises. But they're getting much more than that. I mean, they do they, so they start with little tricks. We're on the last day of one contract, they get a half or a three quarter percent raise, so that their their two percent two and a half percent is really three percent. And then they don't talk about the step increases. So when you're a teacher for the and I think it's twelve right. years in Providence, every year you get a big increase. So this this these additional increases of twenty or ten percent or or three percent. That's on top of that. So, I mean, I, I ran the numbers real quick, and even even the uh, the graphics they use in a news media to, that I saw that to show the, the contract are, are not the ones showing the ten percent raises. But if you do the math, the average raise for any teacher is be under step twelve is around twenty percent, with the highest being twenty two percent, and that that's crazy. So you're you step. I think it was six to seven, so after or five to six, one of those. You, you go from your fifth to your sixth year of teaching, you're going to see a twenty two percent increase in your pay and work another half hour. And it's not at all clear to me that there's a plan in place to to do anything with that extra half hour what is it going to be is it going to be you know all right uh let's watch another movie or, or you know okay kids be quiet you know do some homework for half an hour uh, i've that's what the most disappointing thing to me is you you hear about this extra half an hour but that's the well first of all we don't get the real bill from the news media but second of all where are the questions about what are you going to do with it that's the most important part shouldn't that come first shouldn't right. it be the public understands okay we need this extra half an hour to do x and then we'll be willing to pay for it. But as you said, it's it's just about the money. It's just the backroom negotiations between the unions trying to not give anything and the politicians trying to pretend they're doing something and the bureaucrats and that you get this you get this useless raise for another half an hour that's almost certainly going to be wasted because it doesn't address the real problems of the education system. And another generation of Rhode Island children are going to be underserved and, and suffer for this. Folks, again, our segment of politics this week, he is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, excellent job as always. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, John. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401 739 
1322. Free consultation 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. Well, you're going to hear a lot about the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, it without question, listen, it never should have reached this point. I think by all accounts, um, definitely, I'm not going to break any news, it had, has received special treatment. I mean, that part just cannot be denied of why he was allowed to operate in that <clears throat> in that way and brett brett bear of fox boy he is rolling uh he had the big president trump interview and then he had the big sit down with the whistleblower the irs whistleblower detailing the investigation so let's go to this was the whistleblower on with brett bear because every taxpayer deserves to be treated fairly and you know it was my oath of office to 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 make sure that that happens and uh um you know we wouldn't meet our mission as an agency with irs criminal investigation and we'd really lose the trust of of, of the people of the united states if we didn't ensure that everyone was treated fairly so for the people who say oh, this is you know some planted republican who's trying to affect you know the upcoming election or has some motivation what do you say to them this is simply the facts are the facts and i've in my past i've uh I've voted for for both d's and r's and you know politics are irrelevant when i when i'm conducting my job and what is your job so I supervise a group of 12 agents right now, and uh, from everything that they do, from case development, case initiation, all the way through prosecution recommendation and enforcement actions, things like that. And I've been doing that um, since 2018. I've been an agent since uh, for 14 years now. The second whistleblower is actually a, a case agent, not named, but you know who that is. Yes, I do. And you, this is done separately. Um, you're, you're two. You're coming forward separately. Yeah, I was in the October 7th meeting and that ended up being my red line. And uh, that's when I decided to come forward. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in into the other whistleblower's mouth, but, you know, his red line was at a different time and he did so when he thought uh, he needed to. And he was the case agent specifically. That's correct. He developed this case and worked it since 2018. And you in a supervisory role, you uh, were in this October 7th meeting. Let's get there because that's your red line moment. This is a moment in which you're, the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, according to you, had made this disclosure on October 7th, 2022, meeting with top IRS and FBI officials saying what? So I was there and I witnessed this personally. And he started with... He's not the deciding person on whether or not charges are filed or not. Not the deciding person on whether charges are filed with Hunter Biden. That's correct. Who was? So ultimately, this, if you follow the path of where the venue leads you, they went to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office in March of 2022, and they presented this case to them. Uh, at the same time of that, at the same time as that was occurring, they requested discovery from the agents, which is a typical step when they're getting ready to charge. Now, I wasn't in those meetings. I asked to be in those meetings, as did the case agent, so we didn't help present to them. But after that occurred, he was no longer looking to charge in that, in that district. So that's earth-shattering news. Um, so Biden-appointed D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves would not allow him to charge in his district. So... I didn't learn that fact until October 7th of 2022, so looking back to March of 2022. 
And that's when David Weiss, in October 7th, 2022, said that the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office had will not allow us to charge there. And then he added that he would request special he requested special counsel authority and was denied. In that meeting, I even had him repeat that because I knew how important that fact was and I wanted to make sure I understood it. You were there and you remember it crystal clear in your mind. Not only do I remember it crystal, crystal clear, but I documented it. The email that's an exhibit in the House Ways Means Committee testimony was when I returned home that evening, I documented it in, a, in an email. And, it, and it's an exhibit. You can look right on there. And I sent that email to two senior executives, one of which was at that meeting. And I said, is this accurate reflection of what occurred during the meeting? And the response was, you covered it all. So there are other things in that uh, uh, email to include that he needed to go to California and he had gone to California to request a charge there. And then he even opines that if they declined to allow charges, that he would have to request special counsel authority from the deputy attorney general or attorney general. Speaking of the attorney general, uh, he was asked specifically about this. Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. He has complete, he, has, he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants in his discretion. But you're saying, this, he's saying that wasn't the case. Look. You know, the, I presented the facts to the House Ways and Means Committee, and uh, they're corroborated, and another whistleblower says the same thing. So, um, you know, there is a disparity there, but um, I was there, I remember it, and, and I can vouch for uh, exactly what's written there today is what happened. Why yeah. are you doing You know, it's, it's about time that we get real answers, because there's so much floating out there about the Hunter Biden case. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. So Governor McKee continues to be under fire, weighs in on the lunch controversy. Now, the Republican Party has now filed an ethics complaint against him. It's good. But this is the Channel 10 piece where he's talking about the lunch. Should raise eyebrows around the state, or do you think this is much ado about nothing? I saw them making a mountain out of a molehill. I still believe that's true. And it is. And it's a political event uh, that uh, that people can leverage in a way that um, they think is an advantage to the the Republican Party. I I say that uh, when you overreach... And you, uh, and you make claims and allegations that are just unfounded, that, um, that in the end, the public gets it. The people understand what's going on right now. This is a political engagement, and they're using the Ethics Commission to somehow uh, cast uh, a problem uh, in our office. Uh, and I'm not concerned about it at all. Folks, here's, the, here's hey. the real truth to it. Governor McKee is feeling the heat. The FBI is all over him. Uh, he may get indicted still with that ILO contract. You have a governor that seemingly can't focus, can't think straight. Um, there's just no telling where this whole thing is going to go. The last thing he needs is more heat. But make no mistake about it. That Philadelphia lunch, uh, and, and I agree, the free lunch and the donations and the Republican Party saying a small example, it's, it's pay to play politics 
That's what Governor McKee engages in. That's why the League of Cities and Towns, that's why their legislation didn't go forth. So when the governor says all they sent was a letter, he was expecting money. That's what it comes down to. So McKee's free lunch and the donations he took from a state vendor at this lunch, a small example of Rhode Island's pay-to-play political culture, and it's on full display. So I applaud the Republican Party for, for filing this ethics complaint. And then look, look what happened with the League of Cities and Towns. Look what happened to and what happened with the League of Cities and Towns when they did not throw a fundraiser. And therefore, they were just trying to argue the case on the merits. And, and instead, Governor McKee is like, that's it. That that's all you have. Where's you know? Where's the fundraiser? Where's the fundraiser at the Capitol Grill? You sent a letter. No, he's expecting some kind of a payout on this whole thing. That's not what he was looking for. He everything is tied to a donation. Where the McKee people wanted a fundraiser thrown. And the same thing like, you know, the, the, they, you have people that are trying to argue things on the merits. And you have the McKee people where everything is pay to play. If you want something done, you have to pay for it. He's not just going to do it because it's the right thing to do, that it makes sense to do it that way. That's not the way he thinks. That's not the way he operates. Uh, you got the wrong governor for this. So, but make no mistake also, Governor McKee, folks, is at just full-fledged war right now with the media. And he may feel, ah, who needs them? I don't need them. But it's it's a very unhealthy relationship to have. Um, his blunders, controversies continue to add up. He gets angrier, and it doesn't get resolved, but... How they mishandled this Philadelphia trip is a good example of, I'm not saying that that it was not a, an easy situation to handle, but at the very least, they mishandled it. And, and, it, and it's a pattern and practice of hiding things and thinking you're slick and we're not going to release this and we're not going to release that. And then eventually it, it leaks out. Or then people take legal action and they, they get it to come out. And then, you know, this Philadelphia thing that has now been carrying on for weeks now, it, it just, it got, you know, it blew up in their face. And it's embarrassing and takes away from things they're trying to do. But at the end of the day, the McKee people have no one to blame but themselves. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com. We have merchandise, all the shows, video, exclusive stories waiting for you right there at DePetro.com. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. And when you're at the website, uh, if you explore a little bit, we have obviously um, 
all different types of unique original stories, original video. You can also, that's a good way if you would like to contact me, you could do it right there at the website, which happens to be uh, depetro.com. And that is, in fact, um, easy. We also have great merchandise in the shop. It is a full happening. It's right there at depetro.com. And you're also, while you're there, you're going to see where we have listed, um, and you can see the video of the remarkable Cranston police, the body cam video of what happened when Cranston police put an end to that Johnston killer. Now, keep in mind, he killed his mother, James Harrison. He killed his next-door neighbor. He wounded the next-door neighbor. But then his luck ran out when he encountered the Cranston police. So I want to play. Um, now, you can see all the video. There's a link at the website, topetro.com. But I do want to play. This is the Channel 12 uh, version, I believe, of exactly what happened with when the Johnston killer encountered the Cranston police. James Harrison is accused of fatally <clears throat> shooting two people and shooting a teenager who survived. Harrison then led police on a chase ending on Plainfield Pike. 12 News reporter Anita Buffoni reviewed the video and joins us now with the story. Anita? Well, Shannon and Kim, the body cam video shows the tense moments James Harrison was surrounded after he was accused of killing two people. After he appeared to point something at officers in a matter of 10 seconds, Harrison was dead. It was a gun. Triple shooting suspect James Harrison was in a crashed SUV when he got out and appeared to point something at police. That's when several officers opened fire. Other angles of the officer-involved shooting show the tense moments, police using their cars as shields. The video shows Harrison dropped to the ground. That's when officers swiftly approached and handcuffed him. A search of the car he was driving then followed. Check the back, check the back. This shooting comes hours after Harrison is accused of killing two people, his neighbor and Little League coach T.J. Well, May and him. his own mother, Janet Harrison. May's teenage daughter was also shot, but fortunately she survived. Last month, police were called to Legion Court in Johnston after May caught Harrison peering through his teenage daughter's window. After he filed a no trespass order, police could not get in touch with Harrison. The next day, officers returned only to find May and his daughter shot in their front oh. yard. Harrison's mother also shot and killed inside her home, but Harrison managed to flee. That's when officers tracked Harrison to a Cranston cemetery. Despite having their guns drawn, he once again got away. It turned into a chase ending on the Johnston-Cranston line off Plainfield Pike. After Harrison crashed, police surrounded and ultimately killed him. Good. Now, the Cranston police chief tells us per department policy, a total of 10 Cranston police officers were placed on administrative leave but have since returned to work. I'm Anita Buffoni, 12 News. All right, a couple things about that. First of all, that was, a, that was a gun. That was a gun. It wasn't something that looked like. No, it, it was. <clears throat> it was a gun. That's number one. Number two, the father was killed in the garage. Father was not killed on the front lawn. This was someone... I, Cranston police, I, again, folks, it's tough. Um, I'm a little surprised. I don't, I, I could follow up another time why they didn't just shoot out the tires on the car when they had him at St. Anne's. I'm not sure if that's something they would commonly do. They were trying to block him in. He got around them. And again, and he didn't, he didn't hurt anyone else after that. But whole thing maybe could have come to a conclusion at St. Anne's Cemetery. <clears throat> but Cranston police, they were in no mood. That guy had just killed. He killed his mother. He killed the next-door neighbor. He shot uh, the teenage girl that lived next door, killing her father. And they, 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 this whole business, he, he appeared to have something that appeared to be a gun. There, there was a gun. And this whole business um, alleged... No, he had killed. He did kill. He killed the next-door neighbor. I, I'm a little thrown by the whole we're still using alleged that did happen he killed his mother he killed the next door neighbor i'm just a little thrown at why they're still using the alleged he's not going to trial by any means um he in fact you know i mean that there's still we're still waiting for far more details coming from johnston and i've communicated with the johnston police as i've 
talked about. I still think um, a question that needs to be answered is it, it still just seems, and I know this is going to seem a little critical of Johnston Police, and I'm not trying to do that, but it just seemed a little casual, seemed a little casual when, um, it, it seemed a little casual with how they were <clears throat> asking or they decided to come back. They knew he was in the house the night before. And how then they just came back the next morning. And if that had just been a couple minutes earlier, the Johnston police would have dealt with him instead of the, the neighbor. Now, again, there's some things we don't know. We don't know what the communication with the family was when they left that night and they didn't get a chance to talk to him. And we don't know if they said, what time do you leave in the morning? You know, call us before you. I mean, that I think there's still some, I believe there's still some unknowns as to, and again, I'm not trying to play Monday morning quarterback here, but w when you're talking about a matter of moments and minutes, really, if, if Johnston police had have been on the scene, okay, so they got there shortly after 730, but if they'd got there at 720 or 715, or made sure that the father and daughter got out of the house okay, then they would have encountered him. Now, I know you could say, well, then he would have been firing at the Johnston police, but at least they are, you know, trained. They have a weapon, and they're prepared to deal with the guy. Unlike the poor man, T.J. May, unarmed, as far as we know, dealing with his nutcase neighbor who just went off the rails. The guy had already killed his mother the night before. <clears throat> so, so I think, you know, I think at some point that we'll, we don't know when that will come out, but I'm anxious to hear about that. I am, I am surprised a couple of things that they, they did leave that night um, when they, they believed he was still in the house. The Johnston police chief confirmed that and it's more the next morning. It's more the next morning. I'm sure they could have said, call us if you see him again. But if Johnston police had been on scene that morning, they, he would not have been able to just shoot the, the daughter and, and then kill the father, T.J. May. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Make sure to find the John DePietro Show Facebook page, and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream. Follow it all, real-time, live stream. Just follow John DePietro Show right there on the Facebook page. <laughs> 